Hey, what's going on, everybody? Welcome to a special interview episode of the Geek Out Show. I'm your host, Gil, and I'm here with a special co-host from uh, all the way from Nerdicons. We got Damian G with us. How's it going, everybody? Uh, it is I, Damian G, as, as Russ likes to call me, the man from the past since I live in Dallas and they're on the East Coast. Uh, but yeah, it's good to be here. Thanks for having me. Dude, for me, you're living in the future because I'm on the West Coast over in Cali, so I'm behind you. <laughs> Uh, so, so basically we're all time travelers. <laughs> yes. <laughs> yep. Yep. So, um, I don't know if you've ever heard any of our special, uh, episodes or if you listen to our content, anything like that, but basically what this is going to be is the geeky background check. And, um, what this consists of is it's a gauntlet of questions. It's very, you know, it, it, it's intense, man. Cause I'm basically questioning your geek card here. And it's on the line. And, you know, if you don't pass, bro, I got to kick you off and we can't finish up the interview. So I'm hoping, Excellent. you know, you pass and then we get to get into like some more funnier questions and everything. So it's not so serious. Um, so are you up for it? Bring it on. All right. Dope, dope, dope. So first question, how did it all start with you for, you know, like the geekdom? Was it, you know, comics, anime, whatever? You know, did you just randomly fall into it? Introduced through family? What was it? I grew up in the heyday of Transformers, G.I. Joe, and Voltron, etc. The the after school cartoon, as you know, I always tell people I was a latchkey kid. I was the minute I got home, the TV raised me, and it just so happened to have Transformers, G.I. Joe, He-Man, and the like, you know, in the mid to late 80s. And I just kind of just ran with it. Uh, I often say Optimus Prime is my first hero that I ever had. Uh, people laugh about that, but they understand why, because as a kid, you know, and you could, you could take this to, to a whole bunch of myriad of places, but like, let's say wrestling or cartoons, you know, these are larger than life characters, right? And you look at it real life as compared to the future life we were watching on television and you fell for that, you know, who wouldn't want to have a nine foot tall robot, you know, protecting your, your, your home and city, you oh, know, from yeah. From the forces of evil, you know what I mean? Or if you're a G.I. Joe fan, who want to, want to protect their friends with laser beams and destroying the evil organization known as Cobra, you know? So that's where it started. And then it segued on to toys. So the G1 Transformers collection has always been my favorite, even though if you look at it now in retrospect, it had nothing to do with the cartoon. So when you look at the two, <laughs> the two models, it's and I've talked about this with Russ and Carl, it's like, it is disgusting to look at I don't want to say shoddily it was made, but, you know, 1985, we didn't have the best framework for toys. You know, some of us were still playing with all green army men, uh, <laughs> but I, I was a, I was big on that. And then that transitioned into, let's say, cartoons like, you know, Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. I do a, re, a cartoon review show now, a retro cartoon review where I take oh, what? A, a retro cartoon review where I watch cartoons from the 70s, 80s and 90s. Dude, and, that's awesome. Yeah, and I watch the pilot, and then I decide whether or not the pilot either holds up to today's standards or my personal standards as an adult, or B, whether it was problematic. And I'm about 35, 36 episodes in, and uh, that is that is pretty much a, a revisitation to my childhood and to my appreciation. But that's where it started, and then, uh, you know, segue right into video games and comics. Spider-Man is my number one comic book hero. Follow closely by Eddie Brock's incarnation of Venom. 
I have a, a very interesting dynamic between Venom, Carnage, and Spider-Man. I just enjoy those three, their dynamics over the years. Uh, oh, yeah. Was Yeah, so it, again, comics, TV, I've gone to cons, I've dressed up at cons, you know, uh, back in New York Comic-Con, four consecutive years, I would dress up like a different iteration of Spider-Man uh, every four years, every year, I should say. So for me, you know, geekdom, nerddom, what have you, that's been in my, uh, that's kind of been in my mindset and my blood, if you want to be, you know, specific, because, shoot, I could talk about Thundercats, going to Thundercats Live as a kid, Mortal Kombat toured in Radio City Music Hall back in New York, and I went to that when I was a teenager, and I've also been a, been a wrestling fan since 1987 until now, where uh, a lot of, Russ knows this, but a lot of people don't know, is that I used to get paid to cover wrestling events for various promotions or various, you know, radio stations and podcast organizations. So that's how I was able to turn, you know, my broadcast career into something more lucrative to do things I enjoy. So covering wrestling and from a more journalistic standpoint and, and a, a, instead of a, like a, a fandom standpoint was a definitely a, a different niche for me. Uh, but I've, I'm pretty much been following nerd culture my entire life, and here I am as a grown-ass adult still doing it. Hey, nothing wrong with that. You're amongst friends. Mm-hmm. And I just found out I need to steal you away from Carl and uh, Russ over there at the Nerdicon. Shit, I need to get you over here. <laughs> <laughs> no, that's... Dude, that is fucking awesome, and you main you, you, you finished damn near the whole entire geeky background check without me having to ask you. Because it covers each segment, which is comics, collectibles, anime, video games, TV, and movies. So we got, you know, a couple more. But damn, you knocked out more than half on your own without me having to intervene. And in record time, may I add, like usually it's like half 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 an hour in, you know, type of deal. <laughs> so, oh, I believe again to the point, man. I'm not. I, I'm a trained radio yeah. host. We just get to the point. We don't like the dilly dally. Fuck yeah, I, I, I can respect that, man. And a question for you for your show, the cartoon, um, what is that called? It's called Retro Cartoon Rewatch. You can find those episodes at twitch.tv slash Damien G Show, as well as on, for some people who still use the Periscope or uh, Twitter Watch app, uh, twitter.com slash Damien G Show as well. And I'm dope. about 35 episodes in. Okay, dope. Okay, yeah, um, I'm definitely going to have to hop on that. And folks, make sure you do. Damien, uh, after we're all done, I'll get your links, man, and I could throw it up on our link tree and stuff like that. Maybe we could get some people over your way, you know? Appreciate it. Yeah, no problem, man. And uh, as far as anime, um, did anime play a part in your life? You know, if so, what was maybe your first uh, memories of anime? And is it something that you still watch today? Uh, well, here's the funny part, because I get into a debate with people. I always say the first anime air quotes I ever watched was Transformers because in Japan it was marketed okay, as yes. anime mm -hmm. and people debate me on that all the time. And I always say, go back and check the tapes and check Voltron. Those are considered anime, but you know, growing up as a kid, you don't know that. And then when you do your research, you understand it. So the early portions I could say were those are the two that brought me in unbeknownst to me, so to speak. And then if I had to be, you know, the, the typical anime nerd guy, I'd say Dragon Ball Z brought me in um, officially. I remember distinctly I was away at college and I had my mom record uh, all of season four while I was away at college. So she would turn on the Cartoon Network every day to record Dragon Ball Z. Actually, no, not season four. The Android Saga. 
and record every Yo. single episode for me while I was away <laughs> at school. Even though we had the internet, even though we had LimeWire, I was still having Mom Dukes record all those episodes for me. So she was a real trooper. And then uh, that transition into me appreciating one of my all-time favorites, probably my favorite, sorry, DBZ fans, but uh, Yu Yu Hakusho, for me, will always be a top-tier anime in terms of story. Oh, 100 fucking percent. You're not going to get any argument from me here at all. Yeah, the whole, the whole genre of it, when you go from, let's say, his training with Genkai, you know, the Spirit Detective early training, all the way to the Dark Tournament... Shoot, even throw the, th the Three Kings in there. As much as people don't like the Three Kings saga, it was good to see everybody get their shine who wasn't named Yusuke. You know, to see, <laughs> yeah. you know, my boy Karama get his shine with Yomi to see he find some weird, and spoilers for anyone who hasn't seen Yu Yu Hakusho all the way through, my bad. You know, it's been like 20 some odd years. Uh, he <laughs> finds love at the end of it, you know, with with uh, Makoto. And it's it's just... I don't know, man. It, like that—that's for me. That was uh, the one that brought me back into anime. Uh, the newer stuff, I can say one thing that's pulled me in was uh, what is it? Seven Deadly Sins on Netflix. That's a good one. That is a good that, one. That pulled me in. Uh, and yes, before the nerds get me, it's not Makoto. It's Makuro. My apologies. Uh, <laughs> so, so yeah, the Seven Deadly Sins, especially you know, when, just seeing all that play out and realizing how perverted my man is, and I'm just thinking, my Leotis. Yeah, my man is the most... Typically, that's reserved for the really old guy, but I get it. They're over hundreds of years old, so he technically is the old guy. But to see that trope still maintaining on a Netflix yeah. show, no less, you know, which, which is something that I was interested in. That's wild, yeah. And then like God of High episode. School. God of High School uh, is, is, is a pretty good one. It's, you know, straight to the point, just fighting and stuff like that. That's a pretty yeah. good one. And that's if me right there in a nutshell. <laughs> straight to the point. If you like that one, you should check out. Um, it just dropped last week or two weeks ago. It's called uh, Record of Ragnarok, and it's gods, gods of Norse mythology, Egyptian mm -hmm. mythology, just every type of god that's ever existed uh, against humanity. And humanity, like this Valkyrie, she's trying to stand up for, for humans because uh, they want to wipe us all out. And the Valkyrie's like, that doesn't, you know, you guys can't do that you need to call Ragnarok and you guys need to have a tournament. It's 13 fights. Uh, first one is seven wins, you know, either the gods wipe us out or humans get to stay. And uh, it's a really good, it, it's really fucking good. Okay. I would recommend that one. Well, is it, where is it located? Netflix as well. Got it. I have it written down already. So thanks for that. Yeah, no worries. It's, it's like in the same vein of uh, God of high school. Good. Yeah. Um, so let's go ahead and get into video games, video games. How much of a part did it play in your life with some of your earliest memories? And do you still game? Because I know for me, I have a really hard time finding time to game time to with game. a wife and two kids, bro. It's really fucking hard. I got you, but I understand completely. Uh, so video games for me has always been kind of had a weird integral parts to my life. So I started with the Atari 2600. Uh, because we couldn't afford Nintendo, the original Nintendo for, for some of you younger folks, you know, the Famicom system, if you really want to go there. But my whole thing was my Atari and it was one of my favorite gifts, you know, even though we were poor and then my dad said, you know, what, I'm going to get you an Atari. So I grew up playing games. You know, I grew up with arcade games, you know, Donkey Kong, Pac-Man and the like. Uh, 
so take me all the way through. But my, my personal favorite was the Sega Genesis or the Mega Drive. Uh, I was always a Sonic the Hedgehog fan over Mario in those early years. I loved playing Toe Jam and Earl. I liked playing World Series baseball. You know, even Joe Montana football, for some of those people who don't know who Joe Montana is, used to play for the 49ers and the Kansas City Chiefs. And he was the GOAT before Tom Brady existed. So, mm -hmm. so he would be like Tom Brady, you know, before Tom Brady. And he had his own line of video games. And there's a, there is a, a, a Genesis game I tell people all the time. I will always play it no matter how old I get, and I do it now. Mutant League Football. And it took the game Yo, mechanics. what the fuck is that? Okay, so if you look at John Madden Football 1992-93 for the Genesis and the Super Nintendo, you take that schematic, you take that gameplay, and you have a game full of trolls, robots, skeletons, mutant humanoids, and uh, aliens. And you each make them a football team that is loosely based on an NFL squad. That's Mutant League football with people dying, getting blown up by landmines, falling into fire pits. You get to blow up the cheerleaders because they were all aliens. Uh, it's basically ripping off every 90s and 80s football trope and making it into a mutant-style football game. And it was one of my favorite games, and I will always play it no matter how old I get. Uh, so that's, that's a big favorite of mine. And then, you know, travel me all the way through the Sega Saturn, which I was a big fan of, the Dreamcast, where I worked at Funko Land and before it became GameStop and sold Dreamcast to everybody and their mama right when they came out on $9,999 <laughs> and uh, telling people it was better than a PlayStation. Lo and behold, I bought a PlayStation shortly after the uh, Dreamcast's release. And uh, that's when I started getting into role-playing games, actually. So RPGs have always been my favorite, but uh, I started off at the PS1 RPGs, and I'll try to be succinct here, uh, playing the Persona series. Bargaining with demons and, and goblins and th this, that, and the third. And, you know, that was a spinoff of the Shin Megami Tensei series, which when it got put over to PS2 here in the States, I said, oh, bonk Final Fantasy, even though I have a soft spot for seven, to hell with Final Fantasy. Give me the ability to negotiate with demons, you know, to, to like you said, Norse mythology, you know, Celtic lore, Japanese lore, uh, and be able to like have a turn-based RPG with that. So the Shin Megami Tensei series, you know, Persona and even the main series, those are the games I used to put 99 hours in to level up my characters. And then when life got busy, <laughs> grinding, you know, and then when I got busy, I got a pro action replay, sue me or a game shark and said, bong that we're going to run through this real quick and cut Yo, 99 hours shark. down to 32. So, you know, so, so, R yeah, so RPGs, RPGs were my go-to for a long time. And to your point that we said earlier, I just don't have the time to play it anymore. But I do get that, that itch scratched because I'm affiliated with a local video game arcade here throughout DFW called Free Play Arcade. I do a lot of their commentary on twitch.tv slash freeplayarcade where I'm one of the commentators for their Tuesday night fights as well as their Street Fighter oh, T tournaments. We hold monthly Street Fighter II tournaments on arcade hardware, those candy cabs from Japan, and I'm one of the broadcasting team. Uh, I'm not great at Street Fighter on a stick. Give it to me on a pad. I'm, I'm great, but the original Street Fighter II Turbo, Super, uh, Super Turbo, I should say, uh, and we do that once a month, so I'm still involved in gaming. I'm still affiliated with a video game industry, per se, and I have tons of friends who work for free play directly, 
And I like to refer to myself as like an independent contractor that works through Freeplay because we actually have a weekly and daily uh, Twitch feed uh, where we do a daily news segment where I'm pretty much the uh, comic relief guy that makes all the weird sexual innuendos and the wink, wink, nod, nod, nudges, you know, for the morning show. <laughs> so I- I'm still involved in gaming, uh, but I don't have enough time to do that to your point earlier as much because, you know, real life. And uh, typically I spend most of my free time either doing this kind of work, as you well know, or um, I'm in the gym. So basically I'm, I'm a buff nerd at this point. You know what I mean? So hey, I still game. Get it, man. Just not, just not as much as I used to. That's dope. That's dope. And I'm actually looking up mutant, mutant league football, and I've never heard of it. One, so that's 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 number one. Number two, the game artwork for this is a, I don't know, like a knight in a cybernetic type of armor with like that, a, that's a skeleton. skeleton type head. Yeah, mm-hmm. I'm like, what the fuck? And then like, there's a cyborg that he's running past, and like yep. some type of lizard monster thing, and yeah, it looks like a battlefield yeah it's just like what the fuck and then a little thing free uh free free two collectible cards inside they had collectible trading cards yes they did and that spawned an animated series the mutant league wait what there was an animated series that ran i believe on upn back in 92 called mutant league that spawned off of this video game because it was insanely popular in my youth so it's not just a random you know, fly-by-night game, this actually had a following. And it so actually this is like got, a cult classic. It is. It's a cult classic by a lot of people, for a lot of people. Mutant League. And they had Mutant League hockey. In 94? Look up Mutant League animated series, and it ran on UPN, I believe, for two seasons. And it took a lot of the game series and ported it over to the animated series. Because they also came out with Mutant League hockey after the success of Mutant League football, but the hockey game did not sell as well as the football game did. So yeah, they canceled. They ran from 94 to 96, 40 yep. episodes, two seasons. Holy shit. That is wild. All right. That's maybe something that I have to take a look into just, you know, for curiosity reasons. And uh, just to let you know, I didn't know, but they did like an updated Mutant League football. They did. Not the same okay, developers, you, though. No, this was, not this at was all. EA Sports, so this was a completely different development team, but they wanted to capture the spirit of Mutant League football, kind of make it like an NFL Blitz-style game, mm-hmm. just using you know Mutant League-style ge- uh, mechanics and gameplay. Have you tried that one? Because this actually I have looks not. pretty interesting. There's a PS4 version, and you could get it on Steam right now for $6. Oh, wow, for Steam. Cool. That's something I'm going to look into then for sure. I didn't know it was that low. I thought it was still retailing at 20 No, uh, $5.99 right now. Okay. It up. So, hey, if anybody's interested, if that, that sounds cool to you, which it does to me, take a look at it. Shit. Well, you covered all the other bases, so you definitely do pass, and you definitely will get a membership card in the mail eventually, one day, maybe, whenever I get the cards made. So, yeah, be on the lookout for that. And I'll eventually come your way. So you mentioned wrestling, and I've heard you slightly talk, well, not slightly, I've heard you talk about this actually in great length with Bress. And uh, Carlin tends to fall asleep about the wrestling thing, which is hilarious to me. Literally um, falls asleep, yeah. <laughs> Dude, I love, I love, love, love that fucking episode. That was hilarious. I was like, this motherfucker really passed the fuck out. Mm-hmm. <laughs> 
I couldn't believe that shit. But so I'm a '90s kid. I'm a '90s baby. Uh, I grew up on the Attitude Era, and yep. uh, I I was born in '90, so I know a little bit of like the '80s superstars like Sting, Hogan, Macho Man, Randy Savage, all those guys. Mm-hmm. But I grew up on the '90s. That that was my guys like The Rock, uh, Kane, Big Show, Undertaker. I think was probably before the '90s technically. Uh, but kind of like really blew up. Yeah. Okay. Well, like really blew up in the nineties. Um, so dude, how did you get into that? Well, the funny part is I don't know who got me into professional watching professional wrestling, but I remember distinctly watching the show called WWF superstars. Uh, it, w- it was every Saturday right before they showed old Kung Fu movies for, for where I lived. It was Fox at the time in New York. Uh, and I was drawn to a character by the name of Jake the Snake Roberts. And the reason why I was drawn to Jake the Snake Roberts had to do with the fact that he came to the wrestling ring with a snake by the name of Damien. So I was immediately thinking, hey, the snake's got <laughs> my name. Oh, this guy, because he invented this move called the DDT, which is basically a front face lock, drops him down head first, you know, allegedly. And I saw that move and I thought, holy shit. That's actually better than Hulk Hogan's leg drop or the whole histrionics of Hulk Hogan because I resonate I resonate with a lot of darker characters in case you guys missed it with the whole Shin Megami Tensei stuff. So whenever I saw a wrestler who wasn't, you know, all cheery and America and you know, Hulk Hogan stuff like that, I, I was drawn to them. So Jake <laughs> the Snake was the person that kind of drew me in. And then there was the Ultimate Warrior who, you know, say what you will about him, the person, you know, I won't speak ill of the dead. But frenetically and energetically, he embodied the 80s. You know, hard metal coming in, just a force of nature, wild face paint, tassels on his biceps, obviously, you know, bodybuilding and steroids and whatnot. And then the charisma of the Macho Man Randy Savage, you know, like the voice. And everybody just goes over to Macho Man because he was in the first Spider-Man of the Raimi trilogy, you know, as Bonesaw. And just... Bonesaw. Exactly. <laughs> Bonesaw is ready, you know, so. Yeah. And then, you know, we segue into the Attitude Era, like to your point, and I was always a fan of The Rock. You know, as much as Stone Cold was great, as much as Kane, Undertaker was great, The Rock for me was the epitome of something people call sports entertainment, where you did not have to be a technical wrestler in order to get over with the crowd. All you had to do was be great on the microphone. And The Rock just signified, you know, you see it now in Hollywood, like this dude just walked in and had the charisma to just basically cut these promos, you know, and just like roast anybody else that was next to him, you know? And, and, you know, imagine if he grew up in the roasting, you know, days now where The Rock would just roast (laughs) everybody before it was cool, you know? So I watched it back then. Then, you know, the NWO, 1996 and all that, everybody was too sweeting and we're still doing it now with the Bullet Club and... AEW and you know but I but I'm not that kind of fan as I said before like I watch it because I enjoy the athleticism of it all now as opposed to I'm a big fucking kid who still thinks it's real to me damn it you know like I watch it because it's more athletic it's like watching medieval times you know I always I always compare it to that and there's some impressive athletes and thanks to my thanks to my mom and dad you know raising me to be you know, really accepting of women's athletes and women's athletics. I, I prefer to watch women's wrestling, not to be, you know, not in a pervy way. Like, I enjoy watching women's sports. I always have. Back and, during the Attitude Era, it was definitely, like, 
pervy per se yeah but like it was a lot like master roshi now. was writing writing the scripts because yes. mm-hmm. like the cost like the, the, the outfits were so revealing and whatnot and now then you know some are revealing but not as much but sorry yeah. to interrupt but i i 100 agree that it's more about the athleticism than, than anything, anything else mm-hmm. and that's why you know i still watch it now and you know i cover it for various you know media outlets uh, shout out to Big Gold Belt Media, uh, my my parent company almost, and uh, we we cover wrestling in a more intellectual way, more so than the fandom of well they should have won and this should have been done. I don't care about that. I care about do you put out a good product? Are workers getting money? Are people getting paid? Are people being safe? And it's still fun to watch, and and that's why I still watch professional wrestling. But uh, yeah, before the call, I was watching NXT just to catch up on what I've missed and you know kind of skim through that. So it's still a part of my life, and and again, big shout out to Free Play Arcade where we host Wrestling Wednesdays here in the DFW, where we typically we used to have AEW on the projector or NXT, and we have like these title belts, you know, where people get these competitions, and the winner gets to cut a promo after the bars closed, and you know, it's a, it's a whole lot of wrestling shenanigans, style shenanigans, and uh, that's another way I can keep involved in professional wrestling. Uh, as well as, you know, I do commentary and, and, and interviewing for other various wrestling promotions, independent promotions. So I'm involved, you know, maybe not so much like as a wrestler, even though I have taken bumps in my life. Uh, they're not fun. You know, if everyone says, oh, they're just falling on the mat. Nah, man, just falling backwards. If you've ever done roll throughs on a martial arts, you know, mat, take that, the annoyance of doing that and multiply the pain level by about 150 and that's taking one wrestling bump on your back, neck, and shoulders. And uh, yeah, it's not easy, man. It's not easy. Just me, just <laughs> learning how to do falls hurt for the day I was training with my friends. And nope, I'm good. I don't. I don't need the car crash on my body. I'm good. Damn. Uh, so let me let me ask you: um, If you were a wrestler, what are you gonna? What 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 type are you gonna be? Are you gonna be uh, what? Sorry, submission I, might, I might i might i might say no i might fuck this up is it the face and the heel i can't oh yeah face and heel uh, okay so what would you be being the heel is a lot more fun you know getting people to hate you personally i i often get people to boo me anyway when I, when i do my broadcasts and stuff like I, i'm i'm really good at com- <laughs> a color commentary so i'm a bit of a jerk in my People have called me a jerk in my real life because, you know, I'm from New York originally and I have that New Yorker's mindset. So people automatically assume I'm an a-hole. So I just kind of run with it, you know, or, or just more so be the anti-hero. Like, look, man, don't start none, won't be none, but just keep it over there. And the minute it crosses over into my domain, then I got to get involved, even though I don't really want to. So I, I'd probably play a tweener or an anti-hero more than anything. Okay. And then you said that you would be a submission artist. Yes, because there's something there's something powerful about making someone tap out and give up, you know, to a whole sleeper Mm -hmm. or choke. You know, it's like you couldn't take it anymore. You gave up. You quit. So be able to have that, you know, have that ability to have that power. And that's why I appreciate mixed martial artists, you know, who, who take it to the to the mat. You know what I mean? And the ability to tap you out. Like, okay, if you want to let your arm break because of pride, that's just stupid. But if you're going to, like, put someone to sleep because they got careless, and, and think about it this way. If you're in a street fight and you can get around someone and legitimately put them to sleep without doing any other damage to them, like, you know, skull fractures or what have you, why not do that? Because it's like a silent assassin. 
You're not going to be loud. You're not going to be obnoxious. You're going to get in, choke my man out, and leave. And that would be that would be kind of like the way I would want to do it. Yeah, I, I, I feel you there. I actually, um, I've done that on more than one occasion. So I used to be a, a bouncer and at a nightclub. So they would get kind of rowdy and, and, mm-hmm. and whatnot. And there was a uh, football player from a college around here, Stanford. I'm sure that you heard of it. Mm-hmm. Uh, there was a linebacker, six foot eight, 350 pounds. Boy, it was big. I'm only six foot. So he had some, you know, height on me and I'm only about, you know, 260. So he had some weight on me too. He cheap shot me. Um, you know, we were wrestling a little bit and, uh, mm-hmm. you know, I dipped him and I just chucked his ass out. I I was like, I'd rather do that than throw hands, man. I, I'd, I'd definitely rather do that than throw hands. Why am I going to, you know, probably get overpowered and get hurt? <laughs> Save you the so, trouble. Oh, for sure, man. So I completely agree and understand right there. And what would your uh, what would your finisher be? Hmm. If I want to take it old school, I'd say just a regular old sleeper hold or rear, a rear naked choke, as people call it now. Uh, but if I want to be if I want to be really, really jerky and old school, it'll be Ric Flair's figure four leg lock because you could literally ruin someone's face as they like they tap out from the pain. Because I can tell you from personal experience, I have been put in a real life figure four leg lock, not the not the WWF one, a real life wrestling grappling Figure four leg lock. And I will tell you this. I tapped out in five seconds because that ish hurt like a mug. So I, that would be my my finisher just because. Gotcha, gotcha. And you could cuss, by the way, just, you know. Okay. In case you were worried about that. I, I was. Don't know if, thanks for telling me okay. that. Okay. Yeah. No, yeah. Strictly explicit here. Yeah. I just, I'm probably the worst one out of everybody on the network. <laughs> so it's all good, man. I got a mouth like a sailor. So it's, it's, it's all good. Um, dude, that's okay. I, I feel you. I, I do feel you with the whole entire, it's fun to be more of a bad guy and mm-hmm. make people hate you. And I always thought about that. I would want to do something like that too. Um, so I used to have really long hair. Um, now I'm bald, but when I, when I was younger and I had long hair, I was like, Oh dude, I want to do my face like sting. Cause he reminded me of the crow and uh, I really liked him and I really liked the rock. And I was like, I want to talk shit like him too. But like right. do my face almost like sting. <laughs> so yeah, like that, that's, I think that's something that everybody, I was going to say every boy, but it's more than just every boy. It's everybody who watches wrestling growing up boy or girl thinks Mm -hmm. about if they would be you know good bad what their finisher would be what type of wrestler they would want to be what they would want to specialize in and everything and to go circle back to your statement about the athleticism with the uh, with the women um it's not something that i watch too often but every once in a while i do with my daughter um Mm -hmm. just the rep the representation that we're getting right now not only in uh, wrestling, but like in uh, movies such as like Black Panther with the Dora Milaje, um, movies headlining with women like uh, Black Widow, which I'm going to watch with my daughter, obviously, and the rest of my family. But Wonder Woman and all that other stuff, it shows that women can kick ass too. Yes. And they could kick boys' asses as well. Mm-hmm. It's like they're a force to be reckoned with. And I'm all about it. I love it since I'm raising a little girl. See? If, if there's something for everyone in all like walks of life and sports and movies and such. So the fact that you can have that kind of, you know, viewing experience with your daughter, that's, that's amazing. And kudos to you, you know, like, you know, off the cuff, kudos to you for like being able to show her that representation 
and be proud of the fact that she gets to see that. Because a lot of dads aren't proud of that stuff, you know, like openly lately. So it's good to have a couple of, you know, dads out there in the world showing their daughter like, yeah, you can do that. So cool. Fuck, fuck yeah, dude. I'm, I'm, I'm the dad that'll put on the princess crown and throw the person nice. on the shoulder and like walk down the street and like I'll have people looking at me. I'm like, what, man? I don't give a fuck. It's for my daughter. a man with a purse? <laughs> yeah, right? Don't judge me. <laughs> but yeah, man, like um, it was like such a special moment with uh, the Dora Milaje fight against um, Killmonger. Like mm-hmm. I remember like since they were putting in work, my daughter, she turned and she's like, I want to be just like that and uh, beat somebody up like that. And like she goes, I want to be strong like that. And I was like, you know, you will. And uh, we actually put her in boxing. And right, she was she was in boxing up until COVID, but uh, she did boxing for two years. We're waiting till everything you know chills out a little bit more to put her back in it. But she loves it, you know, just for the self defense exercise and everything else. That's a good thing. That, that's a good uh, workout. Good, good. Uh, I want to say, just personal builder. You know, it's a good confidence boost for a lot of people. So kudos. Definitely, definitely. Um, well, Damien. I thought that this was going to take a lot longer and I don't want to drag this out too much. <laughs> you fucking knocked out the bulk of the interview by yourself single-handedly. But, uh, you know, do you want to let people know where they could keep up and follow you at? Yeah, sure. You can find me. Well, if you listen here, you know, on the geek out network, you find me with the Nerdicons. Uh, we took a week off, but I will be back with them this week. So you could check us out there. If you're interested in any of the projects I, re- I referenced, my Damien Retro Cartoon Reviews, again, that's switch.tv slash Damien G Show or on twitter.com uh, slash Damien G Show as well. I also do the Big Gold Bell podcast with my friends over at Big Gold Bell Media, and we go live every Thursday at 7 Central, four, what, 5 Pacific, yeah, 5 Pacific, 7 Central, 8 Eastern, and we take a more diplomatic and educational approach to professional wrestling. I talk more about the nuances of it all in a less than, uh, I don't want to say super nerdy, but more intellectual look at professional wrestling. And we do that on my Twitch feed as well as on my uh, Instagram and Twitter feed. Dude, send me, send me over those uh, links, man. And yep. like I said, I'll put them in the link tree. So everybody, I know that we got fans of like, you know, everything, not just, you know, comics and whatnot that we talk about. Mm-hmm. We don't talk about a whole lot of wrestling, uh, you know, here on the Geek Out Show, but we're all fans. We all grew up with it every once in a while. Like, you know, when we have uh, shit, I can't think off you know the top of my head but i know like someone's just uh i can't remember who but the dragon zord the white ranger they know seth rollins i know that he's like famous for always doing that shit like just wrestlers are famous for wrestling dressing as something from our childhoods whether it's power rangers marvel something and it's like fucking awesome to see their suit but combined with some flair from something from your childhood and it's like holy shit and then like we usually end up talking about that like you know if say the big match happens saturday night like wrestlemania or whatever we'll talk about it on that sunday like hey did you catch like so-and-so wearing this type of outfit or whatever so yeah real quick just also since i didn't reference you know comics too much besides spider-man and venom uh, I do collect Funko Pops, you know, because Carl ch- tries to get on me about expanding my collectibles. So I, I typically just do Funkos. I've seen some Transformers ones, you know, that Carl has sent me that cost a pretty penny. And, you know, I'm not cheap, but I'm frugal. 
And it's one of those things where, you know, if it's not worth it, if all I'm going to do is just look at it for like two days, like, all right. And then it goes back in the, like the warehouse or the box, you know, the, the, the storage unit, it's not worth the, uh, the investment. But I will say I will spend money on nerd memorabilia such as hats because I got a whole bunch of nerd hats uh, like fitteds and, and snapbacks or mm-hmm. my, my new personal favorite, which is basically artwork. Uh, prints and whatnot. So whenever I would go to Comic-Con, my, my, I have about maybe 170 different prints from different artists. Damn. Yeah, in, in some art books that I have in my apartment. And it's beautiful artwork. And for me, if you had a museum of like anime art or comic book art, I would go to that because that's the kind of artwork I would enjoy. So in terms of collectibles, you know, I'm, I'm pretty safe. Just stick with the Funkos. And the uh, every once in a while, those Marvel Legends, you know, because I have an affinity, for, like I said, for Spider-Man, Venom, Carnage, and the Juggernaut. Thank you to My Way Entertainment for making me love the Juggernaut more than I should. Because <laughs> uh, if you know that, you know exactly why I like that that uh, that character. But yeah, so I do collect and I do read comics and I do read manga and anime and watch anime. And so I'm pretty much a, a robust, all-around nerd. Uh, that to your point, like you said, used to be a bouncer that can go to the gym and, you know, bench press and squat and do all that stuff. So, yeah. Yeah. You, you know what's funny is, um, so, like, I've been saying this since high school, man. Like, people have, like, a certain, uh, like, they like a default of, like, what a nerd or a geek or someone's supposed to look like, right? Like, mm-hmm. small little skinny guy, you know, that's nervous and, you know, taping right. on their broken glasses and this and that. I've never looked like that. I've always been like a big chunky dude. Um, mm-hmm. Always played sports, baseball, football, you know, a little bit of wrestling, a little bit of, you know, everything. And I've always just done athletics because I love sports, but it's, I also have an infinity for all this geek shit. So like I would be on the football team, but then like during reading time, I would be reading comics and uh, you know, a couple of people try to tease me and I'm like, I really don't care. Go fuck yourself. It's right. what I like and what entertains me. And that's what I like. So I don't, you know, make fun of you for sneaking off and drinking during class and going do this, going do that. You live your life. Let me live my life. And uh, I'm a six foot tall fucking, you know, chubby Latino dude, bald head, tatted up. But it's like I fucking collect toys. I watch anime. You know, I try to play video games, you know, I collect action figures, comics, all that shit. And I'm always like at, um, my comic shop. Um, one of my co-hosts, Juan, he, he's, uh, he runs Comic and Figure Addicts, which is a uh, comic shop over here in the Bay Area. It's pretty well known and stuff like that. And it's like they most people don't think that I'm into that stuff. But like I'm always wearing anime shirts, always wearing comic book type shirts and stuff like that. Like you were saying, like hats. Mm-hmm. I love wearing like geeky hats and stuff like that as well. So you, you, you kind of seem like you're the one that probably wouldn't fit the normal, you know, quote unquote no. mold of what a nerd or a geek should look like. But <laughs> it's always, it's always funny to, to, you know, break the mold and, and, and be like, nobody would think that we are, but we totally are. Good. And I'd rather be that way sometimes too, you know, like the, the surprising, oh, really? Yeah, really? Like, really? I do go to nerd conventions. Yeah. I actually, you know, like this stuff. Like, and every woman I've ever dated, they, they know, they know I lead with it. You know what I mean? It's not like I'm, I'm not an adult. I'm a grown up, pay my bills, you know, working for, for 15, 20 years in the same field. So 
I'm a grown ass adult. I just afford to buy all this stuff. So deal with it. So question for you, because this is something that actually comes up pretty often. Mm -hmm. I've had a lot of people say that they were ashamed and they hid uh, them being like a geek from their significant other at first or what what have you. Um, how was it for you? Um, you know, did you ever hide it? Were you ever ashamed of it? Um, I, was, I, I was briefly. I'll, I'll tell you okay. this much. I, like when I first started really dating, I'm not talking about, you know, like puppy love bull, bullshit. I'm talking about when I first started really dating, you know, I didn't fit the mold, you know, like the nerdy dude from New York City was not desirable. You know what I mean? So it wasn't probably until I was out of college where I started to meet girls who actually and women who appreciated, you know, that about me. Like that was a side of me, but that wasn't me. You know, I was multifaceted. But like now as I as I've gotten older, you know, not to sound like the dude who says get off my lawn, but I ain't got time to be hiding stuff that I like. You know what I mean? So if I'm dating someone, they know within the first like date, date and a half, you know, or if I'm on a dating profile, I will say that I don't give two shits. I'll be like, listen, I like anime. I like video. Well, I, I like to, to, to play video games once in a while. I enjoy my comics, Marvel movies, FTW, you know what I mean? So I lead with it. Does it lead me to, to be single more often than not? No, not really. Because those are the kinds of women I'm gravitated to anyway, who have a little bit of a, like a nerdy geeky side. Now I'm not talking about, you know, looking like Violet from Saved by the Bell, you know, Violet Bickerstaff. I'm talking about like a hotter version of Velma, you know, from Scooby-Doo. Like those are the Ooh, kinds of girls. Yeah, Cause like most of us want Velma over fucking Daphne anyways. Right. Because she let's be honest. Oh, this, thank you. You took the words out of my mouth. She dragging like, away, with it, boy. man. Come on, man. What you talking about? <laughs> One of those skinny redhead, like, nah, give me, give me, give me a fit Velma and I'll, I'm good to go. But uh, I, I know my lane. I know my box, you know, the, the sandbox I play in. And I know that's not going to be, you know, something that a lot of women want. But hey, I'm not trying to date all women. You know what I'm saying? I'm a one girl, you know, one girlfriend at a time guy. So I find them and I date them. And, uh, you know, if someone doesn't like it, there's a door. I'm not going to ask you to stay. I feel that, man. And I respect that. Hell yeah. With uh, with with my uh, well, now she's my wife. But when we were first dating, I had you know comics and figures mm -hmm. on my walls. So like, she she knew that I was into it. But like, when she stepped into the room, because you already knew what was gonna you know what's gonna happen if you're going in the room. Mm -hmm. But <laughs> I was like, yeah, you know what time it is? Like, what's up? <laughs> she was like. Her jaw dropped like, oh, my God. I thought, like, you were just kind of into it, but not like this. I was like, I mean, what? And then she's like, no. She goes, it's cool. She goes, there's a lot of other stuff, like, worse things that you could be doing. Like, you could be gangbanging or selling drugs or this mm -hmm. or that. She goes, I just never, you know, dated or been with somebody that's this much into it. But she goes, it's cool. I like it. And I was like, all right, cool. And yeah, fast forward I, I always 11 years. It. <laughs> I always like that, you know, I always lead with, look, lady, it could be worse. I could be on meth. You know what I'm saying? So exactly. I could be killing kids. So, you know, <laughs> what? as far as transgressions go, this is pretty light in the grand scheme of things. Exactly. Exactly. That's hilarious. Yeah. So, well, yeah, man, fuck. It's been, it's been good uh, chopping it up with you. Same. I don't know how your schedule is, but maybe we could iron out to have you come on the geek out show. Like I said, 
uh, we're starting to do video. So if you want to do video too, you could do that. If not, you could keep your, uh, you know, your video off, but it seems like you would be totally comfortable considering that you do Twitch and everything else. So, uh, but yeah, I would love to have you on like the actual main show and stuff like that. Have you talked to Jade and and Matt and Juan and all the other guys and, you know, go over everything. Cause we, we kind of, we're kind of like you, like the nerdicons and whatnot. We go over nerd culture. I mean, the kind of like what's happening in pop culture right now. Mm-hmm. But it's a little bit more structured. Um, not as many tangents from Russ or Carl. <laughs> I love those guys. I love your guys' content, though, man. I've been been listening to them since the very beginning. Uh, but yeah, like you know, we talk about our weeks and comics, collectibles, and all the latest news and whatnot, and all that other stuff. So it's always fun with those guys. I'm down. Let me know whatever you want. Just hit me up in my DMs, or you know, we'll email back and forth, and just let me know, and I'll. I'll make my schedule, you know, around you guys. Cause I know you guys, you know, go pretty much after Thursday. So <laughs> I'm, yeah. I'm down to, uh, I'm down to, to work with y'all. No problem. Hell yeah. And then, uh, yeah, I'll hit you up and everybody, everybody that's listening, make sure to follow him, um, hit up those links that I'm going to be putting in the link link tree, hit him up on Twitter, start following him at Damien G show yep. on Twitter. That's your main uh, social media, correct? Yes. All right. So until next time, guys, make sure to stay geeked up and geek out.